this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. Dealing, I'm just dealing with a desperate cold. I mean, it is. I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I sound whiny, but I mean, I'm, and I know that there are plenty of places in the world much colder than um, where we are. But man, it has been colder this winter than I ever remember it being um, while I've lived here. You mean a cold like you're just cold, or you have a cold? No, as in it is freezing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Does your house get really cold? Um, usually doesn't. Um, but I feel like this year it's just been generally a heck of a lot colder than I remember it being in California. Well, especially this time of the year. I mean, we're for all the people in places that freeze, just ignore this conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're a bunch of pansies. I get it. It's been in the low fifties and usually, I mean, it, I, I, as far as I remember, we were always in the sixties about this yeah. time of year. Yeah. And that 10, 10 degrees does make a difference, especially in like I go for a walk with the dog every day. I'm like, oh, I don't want to walk right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess we should move somewhere more hardcore and then come back and be grateful, right? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, buckle in for a wild ride because I want to make sure that we hit a bunch of stuff on your list and I have a full list too. So, uh, Well, there's, there's, a, there's a weird irony there, um, but yeah, carry on. What's the weird irony? You can't say that and just not it's say that, anything. It's that this is the first week that I have completely abandoned doing a list. <laughs> <laughs> After you said bitch. last week, you're like, I'm going to hit all the stuff on my list next week. Well, but then I also kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, if we're not hitting the list, then that means that the conversation kind of goes its own natural way without us needing the list. So why the heck even bother? You know what I mean? Well, you know, like the list is kind of natural for me. What I try to do, what I'm actually, this this plays in really well. So actually, we'll get back to that. I'm going to talk about that more. But I think a good place for us to start so that we can talk about that is how has not having social media been on your phone? Or how has oh. not having social media on your phone been? Let me get that sentence correct. 
So I've been doing your thing. Um, I, I actually have been using a notebook, actually. So I, I didn't want to do it on my phone or a computer. I've been writing um, my reactions to the feelings. And they, they've taken such weird... They've taken such weird forms. Like I had a few drawings in there. <laughs> I'll probably post a few, actually. Um, Are there any of the on, words that you want to share? On on my social media. Um, let's see. This is, <laughs> That's ironic, right? On your social yeah, media. Yeah, on my social media. Let me see. There's You can share them this, on the website or on your website. Yeah, that's true. I'll probably just end up taking snapshots and putting them up there like you've been doing with the uh, typewritten pages. That would be um, a really fascinating blog, actually, of <laughs> the whole experience. The anti-social media. Um, yeah. So on Friday, let's see, I have a couple of entries here. Um, at 10.45 a.m., um, I have panicked, don't know what to do. Feel like I need to check in on what is this word? Business accounts, business accounts, but I'm nowhere near my laptop, so I don't have that option. Um, I guess the world's just going to have to wait. Yeah, it's a weird uh, feeling, isn't it? God, that's that's the weirdest thing is to, to put a schedule on. I don't realize how often I look at that stuff on my phone until I stop looking at it. <laughs> it's horrifying. We'll we'll get into my screen time stuff later. But just looking at the screen time for people who don't know, Apple has a thing built in now called screen time where you can see how many times you pick up your phone, how many times you've been using your phone throughout the day. Um, it's it's horrifying, especially when you look at things. You're like, I only looked at that for like five minutes today. No, hour and a half. Anyways, continue, please. Um, let's see. So there's a little bit more of that. Um, I... Uh, let's see. I actually wrote my feelings on the first time I looked at social media too um, on my computer. This is at five twenty p.m. on that same Friday, and all I write is "phew." Um, <laughs> I, I got I my feel, fix. I feel attached to the world again. Um, is what I wrote, and then I wrote that is pathetic, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm attached to absolutely nothing because there is no connection that has been made through me doing what I'm doing. Right. Uh, let's see. Ba 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 ba. Nine forty-five. Um, made a phone call to see if that would replace the feeling of FOMO, which is uh, fear of missing out. Right. Um, and it actually that 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 leads into a whole different conversation. Um, yeah, I want to get. I want to talk about that too. So let me let me add that to the list here. Yeah. Um, because that's something that came up for me as well. So continue. Um, and yes, that conversation actually made me feel... I, I probably felt more connected in that one phone call than I felt um, in the entire week's worth of social media leading up until up till us recording that episode. Um, you know, I felt I had like an hour-long conversation with someone for the first time that wasn't work-related. And it was really damn liberating. <laughs> well, it's... it's um... It fits into this whole thing that we've been talking about, this idea of a fake conversation, right? We've we've convinced ourselves that we're in a conversation by being on social media. But when you actually step outside of it, you realize, yeah, you miss it because there's an addiction quality and there's all this stuff. But then you start doing other things and you go, oh, this this is a real conversation. Yeah, and it's funny because you realize how much how much you were, how how many assumptions you make about people's lives by what you see on their social media you know the bullet points that have become um what you see their daily lives as and how completely 
inaccurate that is or how totally incomplete it is. Yeah, I found um, I haven't done it yet, but I've been thinking about the idea. Um, I actually didn't write down a note to connect this, but um, I, at one point in reading, I think it's a digital minimalism, which I'll talk about later. I had um, there's an idea in the book where he's talking about this guy who does what's called office hours, where he'll say um, every day at five o'clock or every day at five thirty, I think it is. I'm available for phone calls, and this is for friends and family. So you don't need to schedule a call with me or whatever. If you want to talk to me, call me at five thirty, and we'll talk. And that's like his drive home. So, and that's how he started communicating with people. And I was listening to that, and I'm like, maybe I need to invest in phone calls more. You know, because you can't always meet people. But you know, there are people that I text message every once in a while. You know, like you know, my friend John in Washington or whatever, where I probably rather have a phone conversation. And I just didn't realize that that's what I would rather have. Sure. And and you and, and not only that, but you, once you start tangibly doing it, like if you actually start having those conversations, you'll, you, you kind of get addicted to them. Not really addicted to them. You just, you find yourself being much more interested in what people are actually doing. Um, you want to know the full story versus the snapshot, which makes you feel satisfied in the moment. It's like that placebo effect. Um, right. For social contact through social media, yeah, it's like it's like you're hungry. You could either eat a meal or you can just you know throw a piece of candy in your mouth. Yeah, you know the, the candy is not going to fill you, but it will make you forget until you need another piece of candy. Yeah, and and now you're twenty pieces of candy deep, and it's two hours later, and you're still not full. Yeah, and you're fat, <laughs> <laughs> and you feel like shit, and your teeth are rotting. Sure. Um, so any other revelations other than phone calls through, through the process? Um, I extended it's, I then went on a completely different tangent. Um, let's see, Saturday, yeah, Saturday's not really that interesting. More of the panic, same panic feeling. It doesn't really get interesting until Monday. Yeah. It takes um, a few days to get it out of your system almost. Yeah. It's really weird. That is, that is actually an interesting phenomenon. It really did take me a couple of days before I really adjusted. And then I, I had this thought in my head at like, a, let's see, 11.05 on Monday. I'm like, let's invite someone to lunch. <laughs> um, and then I invited uh, my, my old friend out to lunch. I hadn't seen him in like four years and it was really nice. Um, and then I decided to go to a coffee shop. That is, so for anyone who doesn't know, I used to be part owner of Barefoot Coffee here in uh, the Bay Area way back in the day. Like, I mean, I'm talking, you know, early 2000s kind of thing. And I decided to actually go there <laughs> hmm. and and go talk to people and, and see what the place was all about now and to see the pieces of furniture that I helped build out of old Redwood pieces um, from a bridge in Redwood City. And it it both brought me back to the present in a very weird way, as well as reminded me of my path to get to that present. It was really, really cool. And I don't think either of those things would have happened if I hadn't let go of the social media and if I hadn't made that choice to like go and have lunch. So would it be a fair assumption, not that we're done with this topic, but would it be a fair assumption to say that in at least in the first week that stepping away from social media forced you to actually connect with people? Yeah, it, it totally did. Um, and it not only the, the, the weird effect that I didn't expect was that it forced me to reconnect with parts of myself that I got lost in social media. Yeah, there's a weird phenomenon that I don't think we've ever talked about this aspect of it. But there's a certain... Maybe it's because of the um, the lack of depth that social media provides that 
we continue to like gloss over certain parts of ourselves um, because we're focusing on other parts because there, no matter what, there's always a performative aspect to social media, right? Um, Even when we think we're being an honest and pure um, with what we're posting, we've already trained ourselves to understand that uh, I have to present it in this way to get the likes that I need. Um, Like for example, there was, um, I can't even remember what it's from, but there was some girl saying, I like to do things real. You know, when I cry, I put up a picture of myself crying. And the person that was, she was talking to, I think it was someone giving a speech was like, you realize that you're performing though, right? Because you're sharing it and you're going, I'm choosing to show you this. And I just, I thought that that idea of that performance, that is maybe that's what makes us gloss over those parts of ourselves. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, yeah, sure. Absolutely. There's that, you know, like there's, there's, it's, the observe it's the observing thing right like once you observe a creature in its natural environment and you know it's it, and the creature mm-hmm. knows it's being observed then its behavior changes you know and even if it's it, it, even if its behavior doesn't overtly change or obviously change it's 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 thought process surrounding that behavior changes you know um and i think we as social creatures can't can't not do that um, it's, it's, it's built into our nature to be part of the tribe in that sense. So anytime the, the other members of the tribe are observing us, then our behavior entirely changes. Yeah. I think there's, um, you know, we've talked about before how, um, I think when we were talking about the things I noticed about linguistics, when editing episodes, that people aren't as in control of their speech as they realize they are. So anytime, I feel like anytime we're crafting something to put up, we are, we're functioning that performing mode, whether we realize it or not, because, um, you know, like I said, the part where it's like, I'm choosing to show this, but I'm not choosing to show this. It's, it's like the whole photography thing, right? You know, what you don't include in the photo is just as important as what you do include in the photo. So I'm not sure that putting anything online can ever be as genuine as a conversation because a conversation can fall apart on us at any point and go in any direction as is evident to anybody that's listened to more than one episode of this (laughs) (laughs) or anyone who's listening to it right now. (laughs) Um, is, is, do you have any more notes that you want to share? Um, I think, I think that's, that, that's a good jumping off point for, I mean, I could talk about the presence thing in particular. I'm the number of places that I went, um, and the, the number of people Actually, the, the, I think the better way to, to, for me to understand it is the number of phone calls and face-to-face conversations that I've had in place of social media is staggering. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's really weirdly liberating. Like it's, it, it makes me feel so much more connected to the people I care about and the people I love. It's very odd. You know, this, I haven't had this experience in a while, but I do remember this vividly, especially... Um, this would be around the time of uh, what we referred to, our group referred to as the Wrecking Crew days. Uh-huh. Um, I remember when you would get together with people, and this was a, a multi-year process thing that I'm talking about. What you would talk about, 80% of it would revolve around social media. You know, sure. what, what what this person had posted and what this... And it, it's kind of strange when you think about that. I Like I said, I've been a far away from that because... I don't go out to big social events anymore. Um, but that that's kind of strange. It's like, yeah, they already saw that. So now we're going to talk about it again. Um, but I don't think that those conversations from what I remember ever went any deeper. But they had to, right? I don't know. 
Um, I feel like I feel like it depended on the size of the group. Um, basically, the larger the group was, the more we used social media as a way to have uh, references to things that we all witnessed or experienced. Um, but, but I remember, you know, when, when before Wrecking Crew became what it was, um, there was that period of time where it was the smaller crew, and we would just hang out on Carlos's porch. And you'd have long conversations about music or history or science or, right. or whatever the heck it was, and that was a very different experience. But that was that was the the level of conversation, or at the, at the very least, the level of depth in the conversation was greatly affected by the number of people that were present. Yeah, that's true. You know, I do remember. <laughs> this is awful, but I'm sure anybody listening has done this probably at least ten times, where. Somebody says, you know, like, for example, say I put up a picture of my dog and somebody goes, yeah, I see you got a new dog. And you go, yeah, I took him to the park. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's a picture up. Check it out. And then end of conversation. Instead of let's talk about this, I direct you to my social media to do the thing that I don't want to do right now, which is converse. Yeah, it's like, here, take a look at my 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 assistant. Um let my assistant show you the experience without me having to share any of it with you. <laughs> yeah, awful, awful. Uh, it is awful. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I still think that that in the long run, there is a place for social media. I just don't think we have any idea how to use it properly. I don't think that the form that it exists in right now can can subsist much longer. You don't it's, think so? No, especially after reading more books. I'll get into it later. But I do think that there's there's the the way it functions right now, it's it's actually detrimental to society and to our biology and that eventually it's going to come to a breaking point. But um, before we go into that stuff, what I want to know is, are you going to continue to keep the apps off your phone? I think so. I think for the foreseeable future, yes. Um, just because my, my social interactions have felt so much more genuine um, and so much more connective. Um, I feel like, I feel like, like, like social media gives you a snapshot and, and, and there's no before and there's no after. So there's no momentum um, within that social interaction that carries a conversation. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to enhancing or furthering an experience. And I think because of my, 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 you know, lunches and conversations and phone calls with people having much more of a, a momentum, having much more of an inertia, um, I will probably continue to keep them off my phone for the foreseeable future. Like I, I don't think I'll ever reinstall certain ones at all. Like I think Facebook is gone permanently. Um, I there's part of me that just wants to delete my Facebook account. <laughs> right. You know, like I don't even want that anymore. Like it, I, I felt like that one by far is the most damaging for me. Um, because, well, they've definitely been the most intrusive. Yeah, exactly. And and not only that, but it's also the one that 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 lulls you into this fake sense of connectivity uh, versus Instagram, where at least for me, I feel like I'm just looking at pictures. Like I didn't, I didn't use Instagram the way a lot of other people did. Um, like I primarily use it as, as a tool for business um, for all the different businesses that I help uh, with social media. Um, and specifically I would use it to look at art and photography. So I guess in a certain kind of way, I looked for very specific things. Like I, I didn't use it as a, a surrogate tabloid per se. Um, and I think my use of it, at least for me, felt better. You know what I've 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 discovered um, two things in in not reading social media anymore. This is not just a phone thing, but that's my stage right now. Is I'm not reading it at all. Is number one, it, 
as many times as you tell people you don't read social media and as many times as people listen to episodes and hear me say it, it doesn't actually sink in. You know, like it's everybody I think assumes that I'm lying, <laughs> not not to be mean <laughs> or anything, but just like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense to people because it's so normative. Right. Yeah, sure. So I will still get comments and questions, you know, like when I go in um, to post something and then I always check I, because right now until the automation, I'm completely um, have faith in the automation. I'll still sign in, you know, a couple hours later and make sure the post went out just to make sure so that once after like a month of that, that I know that I'm like, okay, and then we're going to sign in again. Um, but I'll sign in and there'll still be people asking me questions. And I'm like, I don't, I don't read this. I'm not, <laughs> you know, that's like from like seven days ago. Sorry. And guess what? I'm not going to reply. Sure. Um, and these are people that I would more than happily go to lunch with and hang out with in person. Um, because it, it's, it's so unimportant to me right now because I hate social media now. After been away from it long <laughs> enough, I can't stand it anymore. Um, it's, it's really strange. But then, you know, what you were saying about the um, art and, and, you know, being exposed to these things, I've found myself missing a little bit of that. But the two things I found about that are, number one, I need far less of that than I thought I did. That I was actually overloading myself on input. Um, and that I actually enjoy looking for it in other places and then just like sitting and looking at it and not like experiencing it in that little square window of, yeah. of Instagram or whatever. But like, you know, like looking up an artist and going, yeah, what's up with this guy? And then following a trail through the internet and then going, oh, here's an artist I've never seen before. And like going through their portfolio. It's, it's a different experience. It's like going back in time, but it feels... I feel that what I'm moving towards is actually just buying art books again and saying, fuck looking up stuff on the internet. Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, I went to recycled books in Campbell and looked at art books for an hour and a half. Nothing, I mean, other than being in person with art itself, nothing else compares to having yeah, an art Yeah, I mean, book. I will tell you now, like, I mean, I, I went through and I started looking at, at some of my my old photography and design heroes. I mean, two in particular, um, I was looking at old Dave McKeon stuff. Um, from Sandman, and I was looking at um, some some photography from Helmut Lang, um, and yeah, there's there's definitely something different about that experience when it's tangible. And it's just, it's there's it's hard to explain what's different. Really, it's immersive in a way that you, I don't know why a screen isn't that immersive. It just isn't. Maybe because all I have to do is flip my finger, you know, like half an inch, and it's gone. Yeah, it becomes too disposable. At least the, that's the way it felt for me. You know, like I, I felt like I felt like it had no 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 permanence, and I think that that's my difficulty with it, especially with the artists that I'm talking about, because their work does feel so 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 permanent to me. You know, so entrenched in my my aesthetic sensibilities. And I mean, most of the controls in social media apps are built um, to actually induce addiction you know like the pull down to refresh they they stole that from slot machines the idea of slot machine um so there's all these these things that are that increase that disposableness right because that's how it's meant to be they want it to be disposable they want what you see on social media to be disposable nobody realizes that why because if it's disposable you have to come back for more sure 
They don't want you to engage with it. They want you to react. They want you to keep coming back in and dipping back in. And that's, that's the thing that a lot of us don't think about. It's very strange. Yeah, and it's insidious in its nature too. Like, I mean, if you if you start to realize that the 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 principles behind the UX of most of these um, user experiences, like you you really do understand. You start to see how they've inherently built in a sense of of refresh to everything. Yeah, and a lot of them, especially with these algorithms, right? Um, they once you see something, it disappears gone yep. so it's, it's even disposable in 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 i didn't do anything except for come back into the app and now it's gone or how many times have you opened instagram seen something and go oh that looks interesting but the feed's refreshing and then pff, it's gone and then it's gone oh i was literally just about to say that completely yeah happens all the time and it's it's it goes back to some of the stuff that Lanier was saying in his book. He says that some of the addictive qualities of social media are actually the negative things that it produces in us, the negative feelings, the feelings of disappointment, um, FOMO, like you said, the fear of missing out. You know, the strange idea that the more you see, the more you feel like you're missing something. Sure. So um, I showed you my screen time thing. That, that one was really impressive, but it's actually not an anomaly. Um, so for people who didn't see what I sent, Lamb, I got my screen time down. This is just on my phone to 26 minutes in one day. <clears throat> the shocking thing is that's four hours and 56 minutes below average, which means I was using my phone for like six hours a day minimum. I, I still have no idea how you did that. I mean, even without social media, my screen time is around like two hours and 10 minutes. Um, well, there's there's a lot of things that are involved with that. So... Um, first of all, uh, this is not related. I haven't figured out how to how to deal with this yet. But for some reason, I haven't worn my Apple Watch all week. I just didn't put it on on the weekend and I never put it back on. Not sure how I feel about that yet. Um, if that will help me with what I'm doing right now by wearing it or by not wearing it. Um, mm. But the first thing that I did is I removed, obviously remove all social media. That was weeks ago. Um, but I removed all redundancies from my phone. So what I mean by that is um, anything that I could do on my iPad that didn't need to be on my phone, I removed it. Mm. So um, checking email. I don't need to check email on my phone. I have it, you know, for the emergency situation where, you know, a client emails me and I'm at a coffee shop, but it's buried in the back of a folder and it has no badges. All the badges and notifications are turned off. And I don't allow myself to look at it except in emergency situations. I check my email on my iPad or my desktop. Um, but then I'm trying to think of all the things that I removed that were done. I had um, um, Feeder, which is a you know for blogs, so that you know I can see when you post a blog or um, any of my previous guests have posted a blog. I don't need that on my phone. Took it off my phone. I have Goodreads. I don't need that on my phone. Put it on my iPad. Um, I have Letterboxd for you know tracking the movies I've watched. I put that on the iPad. It's not on the phone. I just kept pulling things like that out. You know, like Lyft. I have to have that on my phone. Lyft is not sure. very useful on an iPad. <laughs> like, I need a ride. Well, too bad I don't have my iPad. Um, <laughs> but almost all the redundancies, the only thing that are, that are redundant that I kept on my phone are the music app, which I don't, I don't even know if you can remove that. Um, 
my podcast app, Overcast, and my Kindle app. Why? Because 50% of the time I use them, I am on the go with my phone. But by removing all of that, I no longer needed to go to my phone for those things. Mm. And so I'm still I'm still dealing with a device dependence here because I do go to my, my iPad a lot. But the difference is I have to be in a location to use my iPad. I don't take my iPad with me when I go places. So I have to be home. Um, so I have to I have to schedule things, you know, like email. Okay, I do email first thing in the morning, grab the iPad. And then at the end of the night, at the end of the evening, you know, I check again. Now, with, by not having it on my phone, I can prevent myself from dipping into it multiple times during the day. Sure. But the biggest one that I did, and this one, uh, everyone's going to probably think I'm crazy for this one. The biggest one I did is I took Safari and I hid it in the back of a folder on my phone. Huh. Wow. And I tell you what, Lamb, do it. Do that right now. Interesting. That, that is the, I would say that that is probably on par with effectiveness in your life um, with getting rid of social media from your phone. You don't realize how many times you dip into Safari to look for the answers of things, to just look at things, to get lost in things. Um, and what I do now, I've always had this pocket notebook, but I've been struggling with this pocket notebook because, you know, I have a notebook where I'm, you know, my commonplace book where I'm writing down where I'm thinking and stuff like that. And I, I was never sure, you know, like I have this pocket notebook, but most of the time I have the other notebook with me. So what's the point of this pocket notebook? And now I know what the point of this pocket notebook is. This is the catcher. So when I'm looking at something or I'm thinking of something and because I'm not allowed to go to Safari on my phone anymore, like, oh, I need to look up, I write it in this notebook. And then later when I sit down to my iPad, I can look those things all up at once. Like, oh, I wanted to look up this. I wanted to look up this. I wanted to add this book to my Goodreads. And, you know, by batching it, it reduces the time that I'm in those things because now it's like a task list instead of like this, you know, subconscious journey that I'm going on to because of addiction. Huge, huge changes. So I guess a lot of what you're talking about is the removal of, of the immediate gratification. Yeah. You got to make those, those things, the things that you should be in control of everything you're doing. And when you're not, that's when you have the problems. It's not that these tools are bad. It's that we've got to a place with these tools and these apps and these things or they're controlling us and we're not controlling them. And you have to rend that back because that's what I got back. I got back five hours of my day. Lamb, think about that. That's astounding. Now, granted, some of that time is spent on the iPad, but I can deal with that addiction later that I don't have to go to a device for this anymore. But right now dealing with the phone first, right? I dealt with social media first. Now I'm dealing with the phone addiction. Next I'll deal with iPad addiction. Dealing with them one time, you know, instead of stacking it all up and then just doing myself the failure. Sure, sure. But we'll say that uh, I guarantee you that I did not spend five hours on my iPad. Um, it's across the room, so I can't look at the screen time on it. Actually, no, it's, it's right here. Um, I'll look it up. But I guarantee you that I didn't spend five hours on it. So even if um, I spent three hours on the iPad, I've still wrestled back two hours of my day. That's a lot of time, especially like for somebody like you who's always running around. Two hours is a lot of time. 
Yeah, it, it's funny because in, in the moments in between um, with all the stuff that I'm doing, I find myself automatically turning to my phone as kind of the surrogate babysitter for my brain. Um, and I, and, and doing the, the social media thing. Like I, I just literally didn't have anything to do on my phone. <laughs> right. You know, I, have, I mean, I have a few games, but I've, I've made it a point a long time ago to stop playing those as much as I could. So what replaced the games was social media and not having the social media on my phone basically made it. So I had no reason to be on my phone. So I would just look around. <laughs> right. Your, your <laughs> like phone becomes a, a tool again. Like, like go, go to a, like go to a coffee shop and don't just go to the coffee shop, walk around the area, you know, see that there's a bakery over here and there's these people hanging out over here. There's kids, there's these kids skateboarding across the street and that looks really fun. Like, holy crap. The number of things you notice that exist in the world outside of your screen is shocking. <laughs> hey, your phone becomes like a microwave again. You know, like I don't have a frozen burrito to heat right now. So I'm completely uninterested in the microwave. Yeah, exactly. I just, I literally just had nothing to do with it. It's a nice feeling. Unfortunately, there have been a few times where I've done what you said before, where I'm like, where did I put that thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but you know what I've noticed? This is, this is probably one of my favorite things, um, is I've noticed that in this process that I, I'm, reading differently that um i talked about this a little bit in in the creative minds episode i have with eric this week um but i realized that we have it took me to realize that this was happening with the reading to realize how it wasn't happening before what was happening before and is probably happening to most of us is we're jumping from thing to thing because that's what's being put in front of us right you know like uh Here's a video on notebooks. And here's an article about Donald Trump. And here is a PDF on, uh, you know, how to properly parallel park a car. We're not making any of these choices for these things to be put in front of us. People are curating this stuff for us, right? Sure. But the thing about that is, regardless, if every single one of those things was something you wanted to see, you're literally jumping from thing to thing, Right. Yeah. So you're you're skipping on the shallow, on the surface. You're dipping into this, you're dipping into this, you're dipping into this, but you're not going deep. So you're really nowhere, right? You're just you're just kind of you're a victim of of input. Whereas what I've realized is I so I read that so you've been publicly shamed book. Actually, I think it actually started with the coddling of the American mind. I read that and then. I was like, oh, there's some interesting things going on in here. And that led me to, so you've been publicly shamed. And then I read, so you've been publicly shamed. And that led me to go, oh, so this thing that I saw in the coddling of the American mind seems to be manifesting itself in social media. So then I read the Lanier book. And then after the Lanier book, I finished Digital Minimalism, which was going even deeper to different aspects of this you know, this digital, it, this, it goes beyond social media. It goes into devices and things like that. And now I'm reading a book about like the history of what's called, uh, uh, I can't remember what they're called, attention marketers or something like that. Basically, it's, it's about advertising, but not necessarily advertising. You know, everything that's ever fought for your attention from radio to TV to social media. Um, so I'm going on these deep dives on topics and I'm, this is what we used to do. <laughs> we would learn, but we would learn by keep going. Well, uh, um, you know, like <clears throat> I think I mentioned before, Malcolm 
McLaurin in his um no Malcolm Gladwell, wrong Malcolm. Malcolm Gladwell in his master class talks about when you go to the library, because of the way that the librarians had set up the Dewey Decimal System, if you read a book, you should look at the book to the left and immediately to the right. Because those two books are going to be the most related to that book. And the further you go from the shelf on there, because books in a library are associated by topic, the further you move out from that book, the more broad of a perspective you're going to get. Oh, and interesting. And that's kind of what I've, I've found. And I'm, my, my, my actual notebook, not my pocket notebook, I, I'm, I'm filling pages and pages with thoughts. And not, I, I, don't, I don't write quotes in here. I just highlight them in my Kindle. But I have paragraphs and paragraphs of thoughts about things that I'm reading. And before it would be like one or two, you know, maybe a sentence here or there. But I mean, just chunks and chunks of text. Like my brain is like, oh, now that we're not occupied with that other stuff, let's start churning the engine again. Do you think that there's... Hmm, I'm trying to understand how how that could function in a digital world, like how the, the aspects of, of, of research as we understand them and, and, and how we would do deep dives into things functions in a digital world in an effective way that doesn't lead us back to our screens. I don't believe it can. Really? Because of the, at least not currently, because of the what, what Danny was talking about with the bummer system, the way everything is incentivized, it's incentivized against this type of thinking. It's incentivized against this type of, of work. Um, you can do this, but it's it would be so tedious. Um, think about, you know, like um, if I'm looking at... Um, I don't know. I want to read more about uh, Cal Newport. Well, when I go into Google or I go into even DuckDuckGo or I go into Bing, the first page is going to be everything that everybody else has seen. Sure. Because most people don't make it past the first six. I think there's like some percentage that like 43% of people don't go past the first six. And then it's like something like 80% don't go past the first page. Um, So... But at the same time, we know like, oh, because more people have looked at these, these are more reliable, less, you know, like as as you get deeper in, you find more pages that have nothing to do with what you're looking at or sure. looking for. But when you get deeper in those pages, that's where you're going to find the stuff that other people haven't seen, where you're going to learn more instead sure. of just um, catching up to everybody else, right? But because as you also go deeper, you get less and less related stuff and you get more and more junk sites you have to do more and more work to flip in and flip out and check out every single link. So sure. you would give up and you just go back to the first page. Hmm. Whereas with a book, <laughs> the chances that somebody, you know, how often have you picked up three books on a topic and all three of them sucked? At least one of them's got to be solid because sure. they put all the work in to write the book, right? It's a lot more work than writing a blog. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to conceive of a world in which the two can be married in such a way that they can effectively work together. It would have to be a reworking of, of the search algorithm. The search algorithm would have to be able to understand what you're looking for. 
you know, it would have to understand, and this is possible, this is all totally possible, but because of the, because it's incentivized to make money, it wants to put the popular stuff first, plain and simple. So as long as it's about making money from clicks, that's what it's always going to be. But if it can move away from that, then it can go, okay, these are trusted sources. And these, these things over here, these are junk. So the junk just disappears into those back pages and you have all the good stuff up front. But then it understands, you know, you're looking for something fresh. So maybe it shuffles things for you instead of presenting them in the order of the, that everybody has seen them. It shuffles it. So, know, it's the re, so it's the reprioritization of, of our search engines in such a way that the, the incentive isn't necessarily monetary. There has to be a feeling of happenstance and a feeling of investment. Sure. With 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 Google, you don't get those. You don't get much happenstance. You get a little bit, but not much. I mean, and that's only by flipping to those last pages. Um, but you don't get investment. Investment is like, I got this book and I got to read this book to find out if it's what I want. Um, because even in the crappiest book about some subject, you're going to find at least one or two things you can take out of that. And that can happen with, online stuff but for the most part that's the only thing that happens with online stuff sure now of course anybody listening i'm not including stuff that's been you know like uh pieces for the new york or, or stuff that's written for the economist you know by legitimate journalists who have put months and months into a piece very different because their investments there i'm talking about people like me that write articles on the internet it's never going to compare to you picking up a book on a subject. It's just never going to. But by that same token, though, there are definitely things that are valuable from writers like you. You know, there, there are definitely insights from you or conclusions that you've drawn that I have found within your writing that I wouldn't have found in a book the same way. Unless I wrote a book. Well, unless you wrote a book, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, how's that going? <laughs> oh, that's another subject. <laughs> that's, that's far left field right now. But... um it's just, it's fascinating the way that this, you know, like maybe I should share with you some of this digital minimalism stuff um, because I I was reading it. And so basically what I do with these notes, when I say I come in these episodes with notes is, and I've been trying to really actually tamp down on this instead of sharing, you know, every once in a while I'd send you something in a text message or something, mm-hmm. literally not doing that with anything that, you know, like the screen time thing, like I'm not really 